0: Hi
1: there, welcome to Livin' La Viva Voce. My name is Meg.
0: And my name is Adam.
1: And today it'll be my turn to present. How are you feeling, Adam? How's it going, babe?
0: I'm not quite as buzzed as I was last week, but I'm still sufficiently buzzed. I think I'm 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 mildly buzzed, but I think I'll, I'll increase as I knock back uh, some of my drink.
1: Good. So before we continue and before I uh, give you you know the rundown of what I'll be presenting on in my and my fancy schmancy title, let me just run over the rules of the game, and then we can share what we're drinking too, right?
0: I'm down to clown.
1: All right. So the rules, basically each week one of us prepares a you know like 30 to 40 minute presentation right in in the nature of a viva voce in the nature of an oral defense on a topic that the other person has given us. Now, this other person will give us one word as sort of a point of departure, you know, as sort of a moment of inspiration. And we have the liberty to take that however we want to. So the topic, the word that Adam gave to me last week was the word environment. And I have prepared a presentation that has something to do with that. This week, I am drinking this wonderful, wonderful uh, sour ale. It is called Peach Wildwood. It is by uh, Bench Brewing Company. They are this small uh, craft beer uh, establishment in the Niagara region of Ontario. This is a barrel aged sour ale on Niagara Peaches and it is a very, very good time. I have a pint of that and it is doing me very, very nicely. Adam, what are you drinking?
0: So I am drinking um, organic wild Prosecco, uh, organic wild thing Prosecco rather. Mm -hmm. Um, It says that this raises money for the Born Free Foundation, which obviously sponsors uh, big cats and wild cats uh, in order to allow them to live free on wild uh, game reserves. Hmm.
1: That's really cool. And do you want to give a little backstory on how it is that you procured such organic Prosecco? (laughs)
0: Uh, I bought it at the supermarket. No, you did. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. So it was my birthday on Tuesday this week uh, when we when we recorded this, mm-hmm. not when we went when it went out. Um, and Meg very kindly bought me this vegan uh, prosecco. Yeah. Um, it's delicious. It's absolutely tasty, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, and it's getting me a little bit buzzed, which yeah. I think is nice.
1: Yeah. It's it's always really interesting because we we always try to change up the drinks every week, which I think as a result is is really is doing us away a little bit on the budget, <laughs> and also it's 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 making me really walk to my nearest alcohol procuring establishment.
0: Well, that's why you should get a car. Yeah, but um, also I I would emphasize that obviously, I think there's a limited range that we can really pick from. I think we had the advantage with the first few episodes where there's still lots of different types of alcohol out there. So obviously, I've had vodka one week. Mm -hmm. I've had a red wine one week. uh, I've had a gin one week. um, So I've had lots of different range. But now I'm going to have to start doubling back and going through brands. Yes,
1: exactly. Or different flavors, different notes.
0: Obviously, I've still got a bit of mileage on that, but I haven't got a super amount of mileage on that. So yeah, that's going to be something that's going to be interesting in a minute when I'm starting to go... This week I've got absolute vodka,
1: <laughs> and we'll we'll Smell have to, exactly. We'll have to just we'll play it by ear, and you know what we want to do for you, listeners, is give you the best time. And by the way, if you're ever interested in more information about the alcohol, and what the alcohol itself looks like, you can always visit our um, Facebook page or our Twitter at Live love viva voce um, I normally do these plugs at the end of our episodes, but I actually think you know if you're interested in what we're drinking be pretty cool to look it up. Do it now. Yeah. Okay. So, without any further ado, I am going to dive into my presentation. Are you ready?
0: I'm ready. All Bring right. it on. So,
1: the topic, the environment. Let me just start off by complaining. I, I think it it you you kind of gave me that topic as way to kind of box me in because it was like, okay, well, I don't really want to do anything about you know like climate change or anything about like you know the kind of like biomes that we live in or like the devastating like wildfires and tsunamis and like you know like the fact that like Japan is dumping a bunch of like you know radioactive waste into the oceans and stuff like that especially because like in your last in our last episode in your presentation you know you had talked about dinosaurs and the kind of like um direct references to like oil drilling companies and stuff like that I, I was like ooh, I I kind of don't want to you know Double back on a kind of motif, you know, two episodes, um, two episodes back to back.
0: Well, I mean, you did give me dinosaurs, so <laughs> I think that was kind of cruel. Yeah, like, it was that payback. really boxed me in. That really boxed me in, and just because I dug myself out of that hole and put you in a deeper one. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, speaking of holes, <laughs> um, my my presentation. Are you ready? The title is. Line of duty, shit your gut says. (laughs) Okay. Do
0: you want to add some context to why you've chosen line of duty? (laughs) Okay.
1: First off, line of duty. We really have to say that. We really have to like enunciate. Okay. It's D-O-O-D-Y. So over the last couple of weeks, month maybe adam has been getting really 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 into the bbc um anti-corruption show uh line of duty which is in its sixth season now and i've begun to watch it and i'm in i'm enjoying it immensely but when i thought about environment right and i thought about like biomes I thought about like flora and fauna I thought about you know like animals living things like biotic things abiotic things you know the way that like humans kind of like play into all of that I was like instead of taking it macro why don't we do micro and so I was like microbiomes right why don't we look at like gut flora <laughs> like our environment within our bodies and I just thought shit your gut says, isn't that hilarious I think this is a really good title so, I just think that you know, line of duty. Um, you know that that references the poopy stuff, and then shit your guts. I think that's hilarious. I'm really proud of my title. I think that's the best title I've come up with so far, to be honest.
0: Then get on with it. Okay, that.
1: fine. Yeesh. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> line of duty colon ah, shit your guts. <laughs> okay, so neither neither a biologist uh you know nor nor a psychologist but i will be talking about both in this presentation so come at me <laughs> doctors okay did you know adam let me start off with this that the largest number of bacteria and the greatest number of um like bacterial species um compared to any other area in the human body is in the gut oh
0: yeah mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah, i
1: think that it's really interesting So there have been uh, sort of in the recent decades, um, especially I think in like the kind of 2010s, this massive, massive interest in looking at gut health, right? So this idea that, you know, like eat your five a day, eat your greens, get your fiber in, all of that kind of stuff. Activia. Yeah, Activia, the Jamie Lee Curtis commercial, which is fantastic. But, you know, like all of these kinds of interests that like, it's not only about what you eat it's kind of like how your body digests things and it's like can you create in your body the like optimal digestive environment and not only can what you put in your body affect you know your weight and your physical health but also your mental health your emotional health and just your psychological development there's something called the human microbiome project and like they are this kind of um like really legit uh kind of organization um kind of long running study that is kind of really developing and tracking all of the kind of bacteria <laughs> yeah
0: is that like the eden project where they like try and create like the human microbiome, but on a macro scale, <laughs> I don't so think
1: so. But could you imagine?
0: You walk through someone's colon track, oh and you're god. just like, Oh, there's a giant turd over there.
1: Honestly, that would be someone's kink. Can I just say that would, without it, without a doubt,
0: be isn't that literally the definition of war? Oh my
1: god, oh. You imagine? I
0: don't know what vor is, by the way. I'm too pure. Oh,
1: no. This is not the podcast to explore that. <laughs> certainly, certainly not in my episode. Okay. So in terms of the gut, in terms of where a lot of, um, like, you know, quote unquote, like, healthy bacteria is found in the human body, um, there are kind of, like, two areas that I think people commonly associate it. One is kind of like the stomach and, you know, like digestion, and the other is obviously in the intestines. One, to clarify, the stomach contains a lot of acid, right? Um, so most microorganisms actually can't live there, and, not, and certainly not the really healthy ones. So it's, where the, it's in the large intestines and in the small intestines that, you know, bacteria, they really kind of like make their, you know, standing ground um and what's really interesting is bacteria makes up around 60 percent of fecal matter okay
0: mm, tasty no
1: no so i thought i would give you a little bit of just this kind of you know background right it, it, well, another thing that's really interesting is so adam and i are both vegetarians and i've been a vegetarian for um, a longer period of time and what's really interesting is that it only takes a couple of months being on a plant-based diet to kind of see, you know, small changes in your microbiome, right? In the kind of gut environment. Um, What's really interesting is that people who do eat meat, they um, kind of accrue this kind of bacteria that is um, more bile tolerant and that kind of leads to, you know, more inflammation. Whereas people who don't eat meat, they um, over time will just kind of lose that kind of bacteria. Um, These are actually really minimal changes and stuff like that. Right. And I'm going to kind of talk a little about about like kind of wellness trends and this like need to be healthy and this need to eat a lot of probiotics. And to what extent that's actually like backed up by science. Um, So scientists do know that there you know, there are these kinds of like slight differences Kind of in the long run, we're still unsure of, you know, the kind of difference they make to your health, right? That makes sense. Another thing, other areas um and kind of facets of human living that impact um gut microbiomes, uh, social economic backgrounds, right? I think that plays a huge factor in like the kinds of food that you can procure, the kind of food that you sure. eat, malnourishment. Um, there have been some studies linked to you know like race which i think is really interesting although kind of in recent years those have kind of been i think like amended a little bit to kind of say instead of race do we instead mean like neighborhood do we instead mean like C- certain cultures with like dietary preferences or just like you know yep. uh, certain like socio backgrounds right of, of communities sure. and stuff like that but you know those social class exactly right like basically money how you procure your food how you cook your food how much food you eat all that kind of stuff okay now i'm going to go into probiotics how much do you know about probiotics adam
0: well I think if I was to choose, I should probably say that I am probiotic as opposed to antibiotic. Okay. Like, Mm. I mean, I'm still on the fence about that a little bit. I'm not sure. I think I'm probably pro-life.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) So that's not what I
0: mean. That's not what what I mean.
1: That's not what I mean. I'm not talking about, like, uh, 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 a... Abortions? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, kafir and can sauerkraut. Can I just clarify?
0: Can I just clarify? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pro-choice. Okay.
1: Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad we're, like, you know, ten minutes into recording and we're, all, we're already dipping our toes in these controversial ponds. Um
0: but, but I'm not pro anything. Uh-huh. I don't want I don't want a Twitter. I don't want a Twitter
1: Exactly. War. Adam supports absolutely nothing. <laughs> he is I have picky.
0: no I have no morality. He has no opinion. I have no sentiments. I I was literally grown in a test tube to record this podcast. That is my only thought. Oh
1: no. Okay, well.
0: <laughs> so I am probiotic. Okay, you
1: are probiotic. But can you can you name some of the more common, you know, kind of probiotic foods and stuff like that?
0: Um anything green
1: uh uh-uh. Mm-mm. i mean like common probiotics i actually now see i kind of just set this off as kind of like a joke to like kind of set me off into my next um segment <laughs> but now i'm actually really interested do you know what probiotics so, are and like <laughs> can you name like common probiotics see wait i also want to i also want to clarify because now i'm starting to get a little drunk um adam's diet is really bad <laughs>
0: What are you talking (laughs) about? That is so outrageous. My diet is not bad. I eat veg every single day.
1: This is true. This is true. But like he also eats a lot of sweets.
0: Yeah, yeah, but not on the quantity of veg and fruit and stuff that I eat. Well, veg. Uh Definitely veg. And I don't eat any meat anymore. And i don't drink any dairy
1: this is actually very true this is true because I... I
0: have no dairy okay
1: well speaking of dairy can you can you name a couple a couple of common well what kind of food activia <laughs> what kind of <laughs> the i've big seen brands. the one advert okay what kind of like a big like what kind of category of foods is like commonly associated with probiotics
0: probably dairy I, I, that's what i if you said to me probiotics mm-hmm. i'd say like Yakult, I'd say Activia, yeah. I'd say. Do you know the like energy? Not the energy pots, like the yogurt pots mm-hmm. that you sort of drink.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what 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 do those have in common with like foods like you know like kimchi or sauerkraut or kombucha? Um,
0: sugars, lacto. Well, I don't they're know.
1: fermented. They're fermented. So, ah. like, basically, you know, there are foods that have you know kind of been like preserved in a kind of way over time and then they accrue a lot of these healthy bacteria. so
0: it's culture exactly
1: cultures exactly and then you consume them and then they kind of just live in your gut and they you know do their own thing and stuff like that and i'll I tell mm-hmm.
0: you what i really got into um a pickled cabbage dish from romania yeah. called Somale. yeah so that would that would be my probiotic yeah
1: well exactly well this is the thing is i think every culture has like I think a lot of, especially like in like colder environments and stuff like that, they really like to eat their probiotics. Um,
0: But get them through the winter months. Get them through
1: the winter months. God, could you imagine? Just like, oh boy, it's potato soup again. Jesus.
0: It it was probiotics that beat the Nazis in Russia.
1: All right. (laughs) (laughs) So. probiotics i think recently um in 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 like the last like 10 years i'll say the last 5-10 years they have just been this like dominating um kind of uh type of food in like high-end grocery stores in ph- like kind of pharmacies and you know like you know these kinds of alternative like homeopathic like naturopathic like medicine medicines like you know like health treatments and stuff like that like my dad does a lot of these things and he's just like oh boy kimchi is off the fucking rails like people like especially white people are really into it now and and probiotics have been you know linked to a couple of things let me share with you ibs this is like kind of like the biggest thing right irritable bowel syndrome well yeah basically irritable bowel syndrome like it's kind of this kind of catch-all um diagnosis right for people who like have a lot of gastrointestinal distress (laughs) and you know eat a lot of stuff and then it kind of causes them just a lot of pain or a lot of like uh, diarrhea or like a lot of like constipation it's just like they can't really have like regular bowel movements um and and you know they have like a difficult time controlling that so ibs what color are your brown very healthy i'm very regular (laughs)
0: You don't ever get like a sandy color then?
1: Rarely. I'm healthy. I'm really sure. healthy. So IBS, chronic constipation, um, vaginal health actually, which is really interesting. Did you know Ooh. that, uh, okay, let me just clarify this. Do not try this at home. Like there's actually been a lot of like doctors who, who explicitly say like if you have a, if you have like an yeast infection or something, just go to a doctor and get a pill. Like this will, that will be your kind of um, surefire way to just treat it. But some, some women will either consume a lot of yogurt, right, um, or they'll actually freeze yogurt into little, like, sticks nope. and, like, insert nope. it up there. Nope. And, and doctors say nope. that uh, even though this kind of, you know, some in some cultures this is practiced and in some of like, old wives' tales and, like, urban legends this is encouraged, but there's been no large studies to show that this is actually, like, a treatment.
0: Fight yeast with
1: yeast. Yeah, fight yeast. with Well, this is the kind of thing, right? Like, fight bacteria with bacteria. Um, but in any case, like, this is kind of one area nowadays that, like, kind of cultures and, like, gut health and gut microbiomes and stuff like that, you know, they're really explored. I want to share a couple more. Um, one is that gut flora might be the key to um, ending the obesity epidemic very interesting i'll share a little bit about that let me just get one more out there this one is very very controversial and we'll probably not spend a lot of time on this because i don't want to be the kind of podcast where we get kind of off the deep end talking about like pseudoscience and like like risk bordering on into something like very problematic but um gut health and neuropsychiatric health um it's something called the gut brain axis and there are some, you know...
0: I'm, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Did you say the gut-brain axis. axis?
1: Yeah, right? You can't see this, listeners, but I'm, I'm using my two arms to create like a cross. To create like an intersection.
0: That's like, that's, that's, that's all you know about axes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is the gut one. I'm, I'm holding it out to be like an x-axis. This one's the brain one this is the y-axis i'm so sorry to like doctors like oh god if we if we somehow manage to get like proper doctors biologists psychologists and all of that to like listen to this i'm so sorry um i'm not <laughs> but this kind of leading question nowadays is can we change our gut environment to actually um treat psychological issues um one being like anxiety and mood disorders this one might be kind of the more low bar one and the other one i'm gonna say it and i don't want to spend too much time on it autism that's it that's it i'm I'm cutting off the conversation (laughs) there's been some there's been some studies going into this field um so far nothing conclusive
0: i'm not sure i've never so i should probably add some depth here i'm i'm obviously an educator Um, I work as an educator at the university level. I work as an educator at the high school level. I work as a private educator at the high school level, so it's not quite the same as maybe like a teacher or whatever. So I work predominantly as a tutor. But a lot of my tutoring work is with students with special educational needs. Um, And some of those students obviously suffer with varying degrees of autism. And whilst I would by no means dispute the need for interest and research into the autism sort of or the autistic spectrum i have never liked this narrative that autism is a something to be sort of avoided or be something to be treated.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if uh, we give you a pill or a bunch of yogurt or like a fecal transplant, which is something I, I'm going to yeah. dive into if, in a second.
0: Mm, you, you know,
1: somehow like all your quote-unquote weirdness is going to go away, right? Like you'll I, be I,
0: I find it borderline offensive, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, uh, we could do a whole segment on neuro um, atypicalness and, you know, mm-hmm. um, sort of neurological conditions yeah. affect behaviour, speech and learning. But uh, uh, the sort of punchline of what I wanted to say here is, is I do find it wholly unacceptable to suggest that autism is something that can simply be quote-unquote cured uh-huh. as if like modifying the way someone behaves is not fundamentally changing them as a person.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I just think it's very interesting that... And I by no means, like, condone or support this. But I think it's very interesting that, you know, instead of looking at kind of um, changes to the sort of larger body, if that makes sense, we are thinking, is there anything that we can do to, like, the smallest parts of our body, right? Like our bacteria, right? Or, like, you know, our, like, these kinds of environments that can change our, like, bigger body right does that make sense like i think that's like really that's something that's really interesting and that's something i think that's like kind of been explored for a very very large part of human history and i'm about to dive into some more historical studies and like historical cases of this um but recent in the recent years like this has just like been a huge like mushrooms and probiotics i think these are like two of the huge um like alternative health kind of like more naturopathic medicine um kind of avenues that are really being explored okay let me talk a little bit about fec- fecal micro um, biotic transplants i think that's the proper term for it um and then and then i'll wrap up my presentation so how much do you know about fecal transplants
0: actually i am not i can't say i'm familiar about with it at all mm-hmm. but i am aware that they existed yeah and I am aware that they have something to do with to a degree the immune system and to a degree the way the body processes the sort of nutrients and waste products yeah. that it create it, it consumes and produces.
1: Yeah. Well let me just start off by saying that a lot of animals, like non-human animals, eat feces, right? For instance, and and actually, this is the way that a lot of young animals develop their gut health is by eating their mother's feces. This is about to get blue for a hot second, okay? Brace yourselves, listeners. But um, you know koalas, right? Koalas, um, baby koalas will actually um, predominantly eat their mother's feces as a way of nutrients, not only to get like the kind of undigested. Uh, kind of vitamins and minerals but also to get a lot of the kind of bacteria that kind of develops in um, the mother's GI tract um and and humans historically have also been known to do this as well so in the Ming dynasty in China okay to treat a lot of abdominal pain there was something called brace yourself yellow soup or golden syrup now, I know, yes. I know in the UK there's something nowadays called golden syrup, isn't there? Um, but I can rest assure you that in, in the Ming Dynasty, it was not what you have nowadays. In fact, it was a kind of um, fermented, uh, preserved, uh, like, fecal slurry that was ingested. Um,
0: one might use that same word to describe, maple, uh, to describe golden syrup. Uh,
1: well, one might. I mean... <laughs> Your sponge cake. I I would not say. You know, but I've never had I've never had a fecal slurry, so you know who am I to say what it, you know, could or couldn't taste like, right?
0: I wonder what feces I wonder if feces is a bitter taste or a sweet taste.
1: I'm sure it's very bitter. I'm sure it's very acrid. Um I mean I don't know. What
0: I think we need to try. Oh god. Yeah, right. (laughs) I think for you to receive your PhD (laughs) a PhD researcher would have been in the field and would have tried fecal soup.
1: Oh god. Okay. Well basically nowadays right fecal transplant they take um healthy bacterial flora from from fecal matter from a, a donor with healthy stool and then they provide it to the patient via like a colonoscopy an enema an oropathic tube or a capsule containing feces like free dry, freeze dry pe- feces so you do actually there are like ways of imbibing where like you actually do it just ingest a pill what I think this is also really gross is that the fecal matter, when its process is diluted, um, kind of a one to two, actually no, sort of a 2.5 to five times um, with the amount of, of, of saline water, like kind of a saline solution, sterile water, or 4% milk. God, could you imagine, could you imagine taking in something that is part poo, part milk? Mm, oh, that is tasty.
0: vile creamy poo
1: uh, it's just a lot oh. okay so fecal um transplants have actually nowadays been shown to um full-on just like treat a lot of like gastrointestinal problems um but you know people are also kind of thinking can this treat skin like a lot of like acne or a lot of like you know kind of like cystic uh kind
0: of no nope. like no nope. don't know that this is yeah sorry. right
1: and then, and then, like I said, like, the whole, um, you know, anxiety, uh, depression, uh, like, uh, disordered eating, uh, you know, a lot of, like, learning, even, like, like I said, even, like, v- bordering on into, like, learning disabilities and stuff like that, like, can we, can we, like, change our, like, individual, you know, gut environment to the point where it, like, starts changing, like, our physical appearance or like the way we feel hungry or not hungry or the way we learn and we don't learn or the way we feel happy and we don't feel happy like I I think you know this speaks a lot to kind of this growing concern that like you know for the most part I think humans in kind of developed um nations and stuff like that don't really have a lot of um, worry about like dying very early. So now it's all about, you know, how do we in our kind of several decades, you know, like seven, eight decades of, lip, of living, how do we like guarantee the best health possible? Right. And, and that's why I think nowadays you get a lot of this kind of um, a lot of this kind of um, like research coming out.
0: And then you get podcasts like this one.
1: Well yeah, where we where we talk for like what, 30, 40 minutes about about doo doo. About
0: pissed off our face.
1: Yeah, well exactly. Well, I I I just have you have you taken any like probiotics and like, you know
0: these I kinds mean, of things? Not in the like this is a probiotic tablet like kind of form. Yeah. Obviously, I used to love yogurt pots, okay, because I like yogurt yeah. pots. But I didn't drink yogurt pots because I was worried about my probiotic biome.
1: Yeah,
0: I've already accepted that my diet is good enough. I Top mean, I'm I'm mean, I mean, I mean, I'm comfortable with my environment. Yeah. I've learned environment. I've, I'm comfortable <laughs> with my diet. I'm comfortable with what I consume, the quantity at which I consume it. And the rate at which I consume it.
1: Okay, well, have you heard about, like, kombucha, like, crazes and stuff like that?
0: No, I have not. I've heard of kombucha. I can't say I've ever had kombucha. Maybe I have. You
1: honestly might not like it because it does kind of taste like a watered-down beer. Right? Because, I mean, it's like a fermented drink, right? It's a fermented tea, right? And So you get that kind of, like... Kind of, kind of sour, kind of bitterish, kind of like um, alcohol taste. I'm a very taste. sweet person. Yeah, you are. You are a very sweet person. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite things, listeners, about—I think this is part of the thrill of um, drinking something different each week—is. We both have different reactions with the different things that we drink. Like I can tell, Adam is kind of drunk right now, but he's like a very like fun-loving, like kind of happy, quiet kind of drunk. Whereas I'm a little bit more hopped up and excited, um, and and that's due to the fact that <laughs> we've been in, we've been drinking different things this week. Um, you know, alcohol has been said to kill your your gut flora and stuff like that. Uh oh.
0: Well, it's alcohol, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like out. Al- Alcohol is the most effective killing agent on the planet, I think. Well,
1: anyways, I'm I'm about to, like, wrap up my presentation. Like, I just think that, like, it's, it's really, I think it's really interesting the kinds of, like, different, like, health crazes that we have, right? Like, this idea that, like, you know, if you eat, like, a handful of preserved cabbage with your meal, you will be able to reduce bloating and like lose weight and you know feel happier like there's something really like interesting isn't there about like this idea that like with these little bits of like things we can't see we are able to change like our macro environment yeah go on
0: but i think i think what's really interesting is these kind of narratives around the science of probiotics really play on a middle-class fear. Oh, sure. Without a doubt. Not a fear of simply dying. Not a fear of simply, you know, like Or even pain
1: or suffering, right?
0: Yeah. Not even, like, severe pain or suffering, right? Not breaking bones or, you know, sort of severe injury, right? They play on more nuanced fears. Fears that middle-class people like ourselves, even can afford to have right i don't think there's many working class parents that really are worried about having an autistic child Mm -hmm. they're mostly worried about having a child at all right they don't have time to be worried about oh my child's autistic they don't have time to be worried about oh am i is my skin going to be slightly paler if i don't get enough probiotics is my skin going to be or or is my is my body going to become slightly fatter? Is my is my appearance going to be this? Or is my hair going to thin slightly? They don't have that luxury, mm-hmm. right? So probiotics is very much, much like a lot of wellness trends, yeah. very much plays into that middle class fear yeah. of my body is aging, my body is becoming weaker, yeah. or the people around me are aging or becoming weaker or becoming different. or be, And how can I fix that? Yeah. As if it's something to be fixed. Exactly.
1: Well, it's it's as if it's like if I put enough money into this, or if I consume as much, you know, um, like liquid or paste that tastes slightly like alcoholic and tingly and preserved, I am I am you know ensuring that my body will look the way I want it to look, or I will live as long as I want to live. I you know I have actually let me just say, in the past I have I have ingested this special kind of yogurt you're gonna make fun of me for this but i have ingested this special kind of yogurt that is uh kind of that like um they the, the advertisement right like they, they kind of market themselves as being like double the probiotics and shit like that right and it's this small pod i'm holding up my hand mm-hmm. it's about um viewers you can imagine about like uh what like eight centimeters tall right it's a probably a shot right if you've ever done like a proper like alcohol shot like whatever it's that much and guess how much one of those little pods cost of this like highly probiotic uh blueberry flavored yogurt drinkable yogurt (laughs) his probiotics are out to get him
0: (laughs) Ten dollars.
1: It wasn't ten dollars, but this one thing, this one thing was like, (coughs) this one thing was like four bucks. Can you imagine? Wow. No, but that's really expensive, right? Like that's really expensive. One, it's it's like a one dose for a very little pod, right? And kind of on the bottle, it was like, you know, if you want clearer skin, if you want better sleep, if you want to like digest your food better, if you want like regular bowel movements, if you want up your exercise, like. Just drink one of these little pods for breakfast every single day, right? Chuck in about $4 every single day and you're going to get like the best health you can through not the yogurt, but through all the little like active, alive agents within this yogurt. I think that's like, I didn't, I only consumed one of them because I was really curious. Okay, let me just kind of like defend myself a little bit. But I think it's crazy, right? Because clearly they've been around for a long time. So people are buying these things, right? That's the thing. Ultimately, Um, they do have some sort of market. But
0: there you go. Thank you very much. Well, I think that was a very interesting presentation.
1: Okay.
0: I think it was, it was, it was enlightening because I think with products like, and I'm going to refer to the more mainstream products here, I'm going to talk about Activia briefly. Okay. I think with products like Activia, with products sort of that espouse these probiotic claims, and I'm not disputing Activia's probiotic yeah. claims at all. I think it really plays on people's lack of understanding what probiotics are. Yeah. People sort of hear the word probiotics, and because it's got pro and yeah, I mean it's a really
1: it. it's a really um, inviting word, isn't it? Right, it's a really appealing word.
0: It's a word that says you should agree with this 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 is not something to be afraid of you have probiotics in your body that's a good thing right and i think that speaks volumes about the true value of it because being a scientist myself and I, i'm not sorry not saying that from a pretentious perspective i'm just saying go you know, typically scientists that know the value of their work don't need to come up with names that catch people's attention yeah. like go you know, The work that I do, we don't come up with particularly clever names. We don't come up with things that have brand appeal, per se. We just come up with names and sort of put it out there, right? Because we know it has value, right? I feel with the probiotics, you're in this kind of pseudoscience area where there's probably some merit to be said for, like, maintaining good gut health. Maintaining, you know, a good balanced biome there. Yeah.
1: Well, eat a lot of fiber, eat a lot of Uh, greens if you are taking antibiotics right because of some sort of infection doctors actually do um, recommend that you eat a lot of um, like yogurt or you eat probiotics right to kind of make up that kind of um, you know loss in loss in your gut health and stuff like that so probiotics are legit right but I see what you're getting at is that it has the risk to be kind of non-legit
0: well no I think it's legitimate but I think that its market appeal makes it very exploitable, right? Like, there are legitimate reasons that you need probiotics. There are legitimate reasons that you need to consume things that improve your probiotic health or increase your probiotics in general, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's very important to discern between the true benefits of probiotics and the snake skin or uh, the snake oil. Sort of salesman, salesman angle of probiotics and I think that's true for a lot of medicines I think that's true for a lot of sort of products right like you know we've recently seen adverts for bleach that like cure Covid-19 yeah. now bleach is 100% effective at killing Covid-19 but not in your body anyway I really enjoyed that presentation I found it incredibly informative Thanks. And that's why I'm really glad that I can be the first to inform you that you will receive a PhD in biology okay. from the Gwyneth Paltrow School of Health.
1: The Goop Queen herself.
0: The Goop Queen oh herself. Gosh.
1: That's the Goopy
0: McGooperson.
1: <gasps> wow! I'm so happy.
0: Anyway. Without any further ado, and having awarded you mm-hmm. your PhD without corrections because I don't know anything about the subject. Oh. Would you care to reveal the topic for next week?
1: Yes, I would. Um sort of going along the line of this, but I would be really interested to see how, you know, you depart from this topic. Your next topic is Drum roll, fiber.
0: Sigh. Sorry, I I I I couldn't. I needed to audioise that. that Audible. Audioise.
1: You (laughs) might need. You You might need some more probiotics, sir.
0: Anyway, I really enjoyed that presentation. Thank you. I hope you'll all join us next week for my presentation on fiber mm-hmm. until then have a safe week yes. and goodbye
1: bye everyone bye